Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. All right. Welcome once again to the Veteran Founder Podcast, a podcast that we do every Friday at 1 p.m. with zero name other than the title of what we're doing. I am your host, Josh Carter, uh, CEO of Patriot Bootcamp, and with me as always is Carmen Nazario. Good afternoon. This is Carmen. A veteran founder herself. How are you, Carmen? I am doing great. We missed you tremendously last week, by the Uh, way. Oh, thanks. That's sweet. And we are glad you are are back with us this week. And uh, this week, you know, just like every week, we bring in these amazing founders, whether they're a military spouse or a veteran, doing amazing things in the startup world or just in the business world in general. And uh, we've had the pleasure of doing this uh, nine other times. This is our 10th. Congratulations. Yay. We're double digits now. I think uh, we get that knife set now, which is awesome. I can't wait. A free watch is what Alan is saying. Uh, so we're really excited. Uh, it means that our podcast should be now available soon in the iTunes um, uh, podcast uh, app podcast uh, store there. And you'll be able to follow along and also hear back episodes. So if you haven't heard all of the other episodes, be sure to check out all of the prior ones. We have folks like Tom Cox, Jen Pilcher, and some really incredible, amazing people that have been doing some cool things in the startup world, including our guest this week, who is Greg Adams, CEO and founder of Stabilitas out there in uh, a, a uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? A uh, similar Pacific Northwest person, Greg, would you say? Yeah, I'm a little bit north of you. Yeah, yeah in, uh, Seattle? in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're around the University of Washington campus uh, up, in, up in Seattle. So, yeah, I was just down your way last week, so I, I could know. be with you today. I, you know, did, it's, did, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Did I get this right? Am I, am I in the top 10 of your podcast? You are right the 10th one. You are <laughs> yeah, number 10. Right. Yeah. Your, your steak knife set will be in the mail as well. So <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're excited. I, yeah, as Greg already alluded to, uh, I, I know Greg. Uh, Greg was here in Portland last week. I got a chance to have lunch with him and chat a bit about what he's doing in Stabilitas and thought, Man, what a, what a great person to bring into uh, what we're doing here for the podcast. So I'm excited you're here, sir, and get to know you. And, and I know you, and Carmen doesn't know you. I don't know you. So we, we are going to spend the next hour getting to know Greg and Stabilitas. Yeah, so I want to find out about your story, Greg. Uh, where are you from originally? So I'm, I'm a military brat. I've, I've bounced around uh, all over the place. My dad was in the Army for, for 30 years, and you know when he was coming up on the 20-year mark, uh, I went to West Point, so I went to an academy, and that's kind of where, where I joined the military. Was, um, you know went through, through West Point and uh, then went out into the world around 2001, so then, then started seeing the world. I uh, uh, got out in 2011 and um, really pursuing the same mission since. And you know, I can dive into to Stabilitas, but that's the you know, short background on where I'm from. I've kind of laid down roots uh, now where I met my wife uh, in Seattle and uh, really excited to be building a, a business here. Um, great people and, and great environment to, to be building a, a startup. Yeah, Greg, tell us a little bit more about what you did in the Army, because I know it bears a little bit revel- relevance to what you're doing today with Stabilitas, but tell us a little bit about what your path and your journey was throughout your military career. Yeah, it, it has everything to do with what 
what we're doing now and, and honestly still feel like I'm on the, the same mission in, in many ways. <laughs> um, you know, the, you know, I was first serving, you know, as, a, as an infantryman uh, over in Iraq and in, in Mosul when I was exposed to special forces units. Um, you know, a, a convoy from uh, my battalion was, was hit by an IED and uh, some, some of the fifth group guys there reacted and uh, was just really impressed with their professionalism. And, you know, so I decided to drop my packet and went into the Green Beret pipeline. Um, ended up being selected and, and came out here to, to first group up in the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, you know, so toured all over uh, Asia with uh, first special forces group. That's where they're aligned. Um, you know, had, had a great experience there and really you know, that's what really kind of changed some of my thinking about kind of conflict and made me a lot more curious about the world. I kind of started looking at conflict, you know, in the military sense is this uh, pretty broad spectrum. Um, and the, the military and the use of force is really the kind of the far right side of that. But really made me want to better understand what we were trying to accomplish in places like uh, Iraq. And then later, you know, I deployed to, to Afghanistan. Um, and what, you know, I, I came to realize in in Afghanistan was that it was, it was really hard to get a sense of what had happened there before, besides reading a bunch of books. I would like, we'd be driving across the desert in the middle of the night and you'd, you'd come across these uh, giant berms and, uh, you know, asking the locals what they were. And they, they were walls that had been there for hundreds of years. Like in, in Afghan, if you look at their perspective on time, they'll talk about something like it was just yesterday, but it could have been 500 years ago. Mm. And it was like, what if, what if I could look at this place on the ground and see, what has happened here through, through time? Um, wouldn't that make me more effective uh, as as a leader, uh, and make us more effective as a unit? Um, you know, and another aspect of that was kind of the painful right seat and left seat rides that you'd have whenever you'd be transitioning with uh, an, another military unit. And you know, this this mission has been your baby for, for the last you know six to twelve months. And um, are these guys going to do? you know, do right by you guys and gals do right by you as you transition the, the mission over to another unit. Will, how will they know everything that I know? And of course, you, you can't um, make them know everything you know, but is there an easy way for them to, to access, you know, your, as many of your experiences as possible and give them a deep sense of context of what's going on on the ground? And it, it's with that, you know, that context that you kind of get your predictive power for the future and try to understand how your actions are going to you know, impact the outcomes in, in the future. And so kind of that thought is what Stabilitas is, is born of. Um, you know, we're still really focused on a security mission. And, and um, you know, originally I thought this was going to be something that I tried to go sell to DOD almost as a consulting business. Because um, I, I got out of the military in, in 2011. I got into a great uh, ec econometrics program at, at the Harvard Kennedy School. And I did uh, an MBA at the same time. Um, where I was um, really put like at the, the early days of kind of big data uh, and machine learning, really, um, the econometrics programs we were looking at. And uh, I just became fascinated by data science and how it applied to my previous mission. Um, my graduate school thesis, a master's thesis, was actually on, I, was, I looked at development spending in Afghanistan across 398 districts and, you know, was, was asking the question of, of whether any of that development spending resulted in you know, what, I, what I thought was our goal, which was to decrease violence overall. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I didn't think I would find any results. But um, what we found was that, you know, in cases where we spent cash, uh, I was looking at the commander's emergency response program, um, where we spent cash less than fifty thousand dollars, it was uh, it was associated with a, a decrease in violence, so um, a decrease in IEDs or small arms fire attacks specifically of about fifty percent. Hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting, and I didn't know how we'd go apply business to it uh, at first. You know, I was thinking it would be um, it would be consulting maybe to you know the to people that were more focused on uh, civil military operations. Um, but it's then, interesting. It's yeah. interesting that you <laughs> yeah. you looked at this from a, an entrepreneurial lens the whole time, and it's fascinating to to hear that story about how you went uh, and did some business uh, thesis and and did a study around this. But but you really had a business acumen behind this the, the whole way through. Yeah, I think. So. I mean, I think ultimately what I was you know, became convinced of while, while sitting in, in Afghanistan was that, hey, we need to be clear on what our metrics are and what we're trying to accomplish. And there was there was nobody that was really providing that, they thought, to the military, and especially to people that were on the ground, kind of on the front lines. And wouldn't it be great if I could find a way to do that? Because when you're putting people in harm's way, you need to know exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Sure. Um, to, at least, you know, for me as a leader, trying to, to justify the risks you take every day. Um, and um, and so just trying to think about a way to, to go about doing that. I mean, we played with tools like Palantir and others, but I didn't find that they were giving me the way to go through, or giving me a way to go through a, the data that was kind of more open. Right. Like this is about like scraping the internet um, and to communicate that data to, to other people that mattered, like all the other stakeholders that I had there. Like um, I was working with NGOs in the field. I worked with the, the, um, the local you know military and police and then, um, Italian forces, uh, in some cases, so inter- other international forces and NATO forces, um, like how do we get on the same page? It, it's just really hard. Um, yeah. and you know, uh, while at grad school, I, I looked at a bunch of SaaS businesses and said, Oh, number one, that's a really sweet business. If you, if you can make it work because you know, the margins can be really high. Um, and recurring revenue is a powerful thing. But, you know, there's some model there if you can get the the product to take off that you can really become the one winner in a space um, if you price things right or you find ways to to drive quick customer adoption. And, and, hey, isn't this a way where we can go about achieving a mission of a a better understanding of the world and ultimately help transform security through data and, again, that power of community? um, Yeah, that's what what we're at now. So, So Greg, the Bilitas comes from. Nice. Greg, you mentioned that um, while being in special forces, that that kind of changed your thinking and made you want to better understand what was happening there. So after you left the military, uh, what was the takeaway in, in terms of, you know, what you learned there, what was really happening? Uh, how did you change? How did your thinking change? I mean, I think there's a massive change in thinking. Um, you know, the, in, it's I, I am trying to learn all the time for for sure. For sure. But the I think um, you know is de- deploying to Mosul, Iraq. I was probably a, a very young, idealistic, and, and naive, you know, twenty three, twenty four year old, and 
I was confident that what we were going to going to what we were doing there was going to work just because, hey, you know, we're the United States and what we do works. Um, you know, it's it's only when coming back, to, it, was, it was funny. I was talking to my dad was on the faculty at the, the war college at the time. And, and I remember coming in and just telling everybody there, like, uh, you know, he, he set up a, a couple of uh, meetings for me with, you know, retired 06s and, and stuff um, that, you know, I'm telling the story of like how, how we're going to win. I just I just know we're, we're, we're doing a great job here. And, you know, when they'd ask, how, how do you measure that? <laughs> it was, um, you know, I really didn't have a good answer. And so that kind of made me a little bit, a little bit curious, but like while reading, um, about the ex experience of, uh, all the special operations, uh, forces in Vietnam, uh, during the special forces pipeline, I, I really started to think about things like, you know, reading Mao, like basically people that we would, would be fighting who are on the other side of the, the war, uh, what they were thinking and what they were trying to accomplish. I, I just realized, you know, um, the way we were going about doing business um, was going to be a pretty tough road. And, and so um, if we weren't trying to counter exactly what, what they were doing uh, in, in the, uh, like looking, looking at Mao, for instance, uh, in the Vietnam case, or thinking about, Hey, what is the enemy trying to accomplish in, in Iraq um, that we weren't necessarily, again, we were going to have a, a tough road. And so this is where, you know, I started to just be a little bit more more curious, but probably the pivotal moment was um, when in Afghanistan, I basically had this theory that, hey, this is about, this has something to do with unemployment in, you know, it's the economy stupid kind of approach in, in Afghanistan. Like if we can just get everybody here jobs and, you know, uh, meaningful employment, then uh, there won't be any reason to fight us. And it was kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, we, we were living in a mud hut there and we were doing this like pilot program where we lived in, in the villages, kind of wore local clothing and we were working really closely with the community. And, you know, I was saying basically this hypothesis, like it was true that if we, if we, if we put um, people to work, then they won't have any reason to fight us. Um, and, you know, this uh, graduate student who was just visiting us that day, he hopped off a helicopter to observe what we were doing, was going to be flying out a couple days later. And, and he said, you know, the, the research that I've been doing in the Philippines and in Pakistan and in, in India really doesn't support that. What we actually find is when unemployment goes down, more people are fighting. And I just realized that I hadn't, I just assumed everything and I hadn't really thought about it in a rigorous way. And um, you know, that's when I decided to get to go to grad school is kind of the, the next step to kind of explore that and in particular kind of studying economics, basically because that grad student had introduced me to it. His name's Michael Callen and he's, uh, I think he's out in UCSD now, but that's really a, smart kid. That's such yeah. an interesting connection. <laughs> like why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that when the unemployment goes down, then the, the there's no real change, or maybe there's an increase in violence. Like, why? What's the connection there, and what did you guys discover out of that? Well, so you know, well, so some of my paper, you you could think that if you're if you're um, if you're doing these small projects, I was seeing violence go down. But I, like, this gets to questions of how you even measure unemployment. <laughs> um, and you know, it's an interesting question here in the U.S. But um, 
in what we saw on very large scale projects in Afghanistan was it was was some increase uh, or some association with an increase in violence around big projects. And, and in the case there, I was thinking it, you know, maybe it had to do with the fact that there was a single winner on contracts. Um, you know, that tended to be one person was going to win the contract to build the, the road. And in that case, you know, you have real incentive to kind of mobilize a group of people to make sure that uh, you win the contract. Yeah. Um, and you win the next contract. You want to like <laughs> that's one way to, to get that's rid of the competition in a violence violent place is to actually not beat them in the marketplace so much as, you know. <laughs> Entrepreneurship the Afghanistan <laughs> way. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I, it was interesting that, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to go off on a tangent there about not being, you know, startup but it's nice that we were able to button that up as sort of a, a lesson in entrepreneurship. If you're in yeah. Afghanistan, that's how you, uh, quote unquote, blow away the competition. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can, I can definitely <laughs> easily get into like the data science aspects of what yeah. we're doing. Cause I think it's, it's really, it's fascinating. It, it's, I'm excited to be working on it every day. And, Absolutely. You know, what we've kind of come to is, Hey, you know, for any piece of the earth, we're trying to summarize some of what's happened there and understand how it relates to, to security. And when you think about a world that's growing in data every day, but like human analyst, um, <laughs> don't grow at the at the same scale. Like how do how do you tackle that that growing data mountain? Yeah. Um, and recognize your vulnerabilities in it, vulnerabilities within it, and um, you know make the decisions that um, you want to make with that data. And so that's that's what we're doing at Stabilitas for people that work in the security industry. Yeah. Let's let's dive into that. We've been talking to Greg Adams, CEO of Stabilitas, out of Seattle, Washington. We're gonna pay a bill real quick. Is that cool, Greg? That works for me. Let's do it. All right. So pork, pork bun domains, website and internet commerce for the rest of us. Don't be a pig. Pork bun, where you can get website domains for your business or personal brand with the lowest prices and amazing free services. So everybody's heard of .com, .net, .org, but you, didn't, you probably didn't know you could get a domain name that matches what your startup does. Imagine that. Your startup is the face, the first thing that your customers see. So why can't the URLs just sort of be part of that story? So if you have, say, a design firm, you could do a dot .design domain. Imagine that. So use your imagination and contact them at porkbun.com forward slash startup radio. You can tell them Carmen and Josh sent you. So we are here back with... Greg Adams of Stabilitas, who is just getting ready to tell us all about his amazing firm out of uh, out of Seattle, Washington, and he is a Patriot Bootcamp alum. He is a TechStars founder, and I am excited. Let's let's dive in. So tell me, in your own words, what is Stabilitas? Stabilitas is a company that's transforming our security through data and community. Um, you know, we, we dove into it a little bit before, but. Fundamentally, we are aggregating, finding what's relevant and important in massive amounts of open source information and giving that to a security analyst uh, in a summarized way. By security, I'm talking about the, the physical world. Like We're working to digitize physical security, deliver a summary to somebody that would look like uh, you know, an intel analyst from our former military days um, so that they can give advice and, and make decisions about what's going to what a company is going to do operationally, maybe impacting their supply chain, maybe impacting where people are traveling, uh, or you know, determining that they need to reach out to people and, and let them know not to travel or um, you know, to stay home today. 
Can you give an example of that, Greg? And by the way, uh, what does stabilitas mean? Does it mean like sort of something related to stabilize? Yeah, so stability, fundamentally. I mean, that was kind of the, you know, the uh, take at the, the military operation that we were conducting in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And I, I say, you know, this is continuing the mission in just a, another way and uh, trying to get at it in a much more scalable way where we're, um, you know, working with a greater population to make the world a safer place. Uh, we want to be some core infrastructure for security uh, going forward. And we think that starts with making people more informed and giving them a way to, to communicate uh, during emergencies. Well, I'm really interested in learning more about your company and your products and then kind of understanding uh, just a, uh, an example of a, a practical application, um, a, a way where people can use your product. Yeah, for um, for Global 2000 type companies and lots of executive protection firms right now, what we are doing is we're, we're kind of their common operating picture. Um, so picture like a dashboard that shows the world uh, of where their assets are, but also showing them what risks their assets uh, may be facing. And so we do that by bringing in uh, open source news. So think of, you know, the... Our machine labor force is is going through and, and reading thousands of news articles uh, every minute, uh, determining whether there's risks within that, within that information, categorizing it in a way that humans would typically categorize it, and then hmm. um, you know correlating it with those those assets, whether they're facilities, whether they're people that are traveling, uh, or whether they're aspects of the supply chain, and you know we basically give them a summary report on what's going on. Um, you know, we used we use real analysts as part of our kind of feedback loop, and even our customers can be part of our, our feedback loop. Um, and then, you know, we give some advice as well as a way to reach out to the impacted assets to, you know, perhaps change what they're going to be doing. So I in know reaction you, to the, the incident. Yeah. So I know I know you, where this is all coming from because you you spend a lot of time in theater and and uh, and and in the field and and seeing this firsthand for yourself. But why, why is this applicable from the military uh, realm into the civilian world? Why is this something that people should care about? Well, I think, yeah, this is all about, well, if you think about the fundamental hierarchy of human needs, right. like, hey, at the very bottom, right, hey, we need, we need food and, and water. But the next thing is your safety and security. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, this is my mission in the military, and it's something that I feel really passionate about. Um, Fundamentally, I, I want the, the Earth to be a safer place for the next generation. I think there are a lot of people that are that are doing this by you know, <laughs> focusing on re- renewable energy or um, you know um, political activism, whatever. Like we're interested in you know skills that, that we picked up in in the military and being able to apply apply those in a new digital world. And um, it's just it's just the marketplace I've worked in in the past where I think I can yeah. have the the biggest difference in, in the balance of my life. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we're, we're coming at it from. And, you know, when I look at the problem, I think it's a really important problem. Um, the world feels a little bit less safe than it's, than it's felt in, in a while. And uh, I think, you know, we are taking a, a crack at, at helping solve this problem. 
And how do you put that into context? Because I hear that all the time. I hear, man, the world feels less safe. Or is it a, a byproduct of the fact that we just have way more access to way more information? And do you guys have a way to put that into context? Like, is is the time that we lived in in the seventies more? Was that more dangerous than you know now in two thousand eighteen? Uh, or is it just a byproduct of the information that we get, that we just access a lot of information and we see it more in our face? Yeah, I think what the, what the data shows is that there's a little bit of both, right? There, there's, there is definitely information overload, and that's something that we're directly addressing by consolidating all the, the same type of reports into one thing and, sure. and basically developing all the source information that you would dig into an event with. Uh, we're also uncovering new information that you maybe wouldn't pop in front of you on a daily basis because we're we're just going so broad in our ingestion of of open source information. Um, over the last couple of decades, there's actually been an, an increase in in violence, kind of globally, uh, and in, in terrorism, uh, predominantly driven by what's what's going on in in Asia, Asia Pacific, uh, as well as the Middle East and in Africa. Um, so there, there is a general trend, if you look over centuries, where the, the scale of uh, global violence is definitely decreasing. But, you know, the, there are lots of small actors that are now empowered by the Internet as mm-hmm. well to, that can create havoc that otherwise you couldn't, you couldn't create with a, a few people. And so in the, the short term, there has been uh, a market increase, like several hundred percent increase, 400 percent increase in like terrorist fatalities and, and uh, general incidents. So with the data that you have, and this is clearly the use case that you guys have identified is within the commercial space. But do you see yourself transitioning into being a possibly a B2C play? And what, and what would that look like? Or, I'm sorry. So, yeah, B2, yeah, yeah, B2C yeah. Con- consumer. Well, so there is a, a B2C opportunity. It's probably more like B2B2C um, for us. Like we would work through channel partners to sure. basically give you summarized information on any place that you're traveling to. Uh, that's like travel is a natural way to get in there. And there's also B2B2B to to B, uh, way to, to approach that. So, I mean, uh, anytime I, I've done a lot of international travel and, you know, of course I'm, I'm interested in, I'm still interested in, Hey, what's, what happened here a long time ago? Like, wh- why is, why is this village here? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, is, is this place that I'm going to safe? Um, what should I bring with me and, and how do you dig into that information? So we tend to scour the internet for it, but from, you know, a safety and security standpoint, that's, that's where we're addressing it. Where would I, where would I go if I needed to go to a hospital while I was on this trip and, or who right. would I reach out to for help? Right. And so there are other business opportunities tied with that because like we can connect people with a healthcare provider locally. Uh, and we have some of the partnerships kind of underway right now to do just that. But, uh, think of it as kind of pre-travel risk and uh, risk information. And then in the um, you know, B2B case, this is uh, what we tend to call duty of care. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. So you're talking about ahead, B2B, meaning you are selling your, your products to other companies, right? Is that uh, what I want to understand is how you market your product, because uh, for the most part, I feel like even businesses wouldn't know that your products exist or other potential customers. And so like 
they wouldn't even know because it's relatively new. It's kind of leading edge. And I just was curious, how do you, how do you market yourself? We, I would say that we haven't done a whole lot of heavily, heavy marketing in the, in, in the past. Like we've gone to a couple of trade shows. We're really just kind of getting our, our marketing infrastructure moving as a company and understanding like what our sales cycle looks like. Uh, it's really been about, hey, are we solving the right problem for our customers right now? And how do we give them good customer support, make sure that we're developing the right tool set for them and that, that they're happy? Because what we're finding so far is that, you know, 40% of our, our new customers have come from referrals and <laughs> keeping them happy and making sure that we don't have churn is important. Um, but, but going forward, um, you know, we want to be seen as forward thinkers and, and, and thought leaders in, in industry. Uh, we want to get people over to our data-driven approach and, you know, also thinking through the, the community aspects of, uh, of security in general. Like, how can we work better together to solve some of the world's security challenges? And, like, Stabilitas wants to be the, the fundamental infrastructure and platform for doing that. And when you so, when you and when yeah. you're thinking about this, you utilize a lot of the open source technology to aggregate this data. But what are you guys doing um, on the flip side? Like, is, are any of your products or services or technology is any of that open source to the general public? It, it's not right now. Um, you know what we would like to do is think around a, a, a breaking news event where um, that could be good for collaboration, like a, a hurricane or you know even it could even be a, a terrorist event that's happening somewhere. You need to, you've got people coming from all sorts of backgrounds that need to collaborate to, to fundamentally save lives and, and react to the situation. And, and we see an opportunity to kind of open a box there for people yeah. to, to communicate um, and to do it in just the lowest friction way. And that's clearly, you know, in, in, we need to have an, an open uh, workflow for that. Um, and just making some of our, our risk information more open. That's going to help us grow, I believe. Um, and it's a completely different approach to the industry. It's, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, in, intelligence that happens um, that, you know, needs to be kept highly classified. But in, in general, I found that, um, that the, the information that was right under your nose that you just didn't, didn't know, know where to access that information was um, or how to access it was, was really most important. Mm -hmm. um, and so just how do we make this, this information more readily available? Um, you know, we can use that, the power of community to, to do that as well. So see, show what people are reading and show what people show to be valid, you know, thinking of kind of uh, like Reddit or something like that, where you're ranking or upvoting, uh, the critical information and, and getting it in front of people that way. Yeah. Talk about some of the challenges you've faced so far. And I know that this has been a great ride. You guys have been, you guys have been crushing it and doing nothing but amazing things. But like, what are, what are some of the things that you've learned so far in this journey and, and how have you been able to mitigate the risk? Oh man, I think, you know, it's, it's learning about, you learn a lot about yourself for sure. <laughs> I mean, you guys have both been on this, this journey. I mean, it's a, it's a fight every day. But I love um, hearing I think, you talk about it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is a good beer conversation. Yeah. Um, the, for, for me, like, Hey, I've got to have a mission in, in what I'm doing. So every day you're saying like, Hey, is, is this mission important? Do, do I still, do I care about this? And, you know, absolutely. Um, we're working on something really important and 
um, like, <laughs> which I fundamentally believe is, is going to help make the world a safer place uh, for the for the next generation. And and uh, like, I'm proud to be a part of that. But the the other big thing is team. Always like when you're um, faced with a, a tough technical problem or just you know scrapping for cash, um, knowing that you have great people to work with is extremely important to me. It's, um, you know, from my, my teammates in, in the military, whether, you know, in my rifle company, uh, back in, in Mosul or, um, you know, later on, uh, as a green beret, like the, the teammates are still people that I keep in touch with. And, and, uh, you know, you, you only go through life once. And so, you know, putting my time into a mission I care about around people that, uh, are similarly focused on the problem, have a similar amount of passion, and are just good people that to, to be around makes all the difference. Um, and that's my ideal world: is is tackling you know tough, meaningful problems with good people. That's that's a good life. Yeah, no, it's a good life you made. I want to bring up something um, that I was just thinking about today, and it you know. Uh, unfortunately, we had another school shooting uh, today in America, and it's the 18th, what, 20th one this year. Uh, it just seems like they're happening more and more. And it seems like your application, your platform could be a great tool to figure out how to uh, collaborate and respond. Have you guys thought about what you guys, what Stabilitas can do to, to get involved in this discussion and possibly find solutions through your platform to not necessarily mitigate, but certainly collaborate and be a better tool? Um, because it's clear, you know, whatever your, the side of your political spectrum is, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's irrelevant in this discussion. It's unclear that it, the, the legislation's not going to change quickly. And, right. and the private sector is definitely going to be somewhere in there involved in this discussion. How do you think Stabilitas could possibly be in that discussion? You know, we, we have proposals out right now with, with school systems, and, you know, it's, it's our intent to, to be able to work with them to, to figure out you know, what they really need to know and, and when and how they work. Because every organization has a, a basically a, a different workflow. So you can try to introduce a product to somebody. Um, if they've got a different way of doing business, then you're not going to get the adoption you're looking for. So I think for that particular community, we need to really think about, um, you know, what the use case is, is going to be. Like we've designed Stabilitas to be a tool that people use uh, every single day in security. And so mm-hmm. does that mean it's, you know, only certain school systems where they, they have, um, you know, a, a security, security staff is, you know, has a security operations center. I think, um, you know, we're, we're exploring that market right now. And we think that's a, a pretty big market where we can make a big difference because it's also the first responders that will pile right. on to those events. Yeah. You know, in the short term, we're trying to gather that the data and make sure that it's accessible to, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's policymakers that are in the, um, you know, part of the, the municipality or the, the school district um, or law enforcement or other first responders. Um, you know, it's trying to get that, that data together consistently in a way that's meaningful that they can explore it and, and understand what, what's happening in the world around them. Um, I think when we have, you know, that that stream of information and that, that information accessible the way that we, we want it for, you know, a more open community, then we can open this, this box during a breaking news event and help first responders really collaborate uh, to get the job done. Yeah. I, I, have a, I still want to go back to the travel um, 
the travel feature of, of your solutions. Uh, so would that be something an individual would just purchase or, or let's say a student group flying to um, a third world nation um, on some special trip? Uh, how, how would that apply? Uh, how would your solution work? Um, well, yeah. So, I mean, it, this is, it's different. So those are different channels, I think, to sell into. Um, in in one case, we're probably looking to, to work, you know, through a, a travel management company to distribute the, the information. Like, so a kayak or an Expedia, um, you know, I, I could see something where you're checking the box and you're, you're getting access to Stabilitas and, and downloading our app, you know, our mobile app on your phone. Or getting access to a dashboard that maybe an individual loved one would would use to kind of follow the, the traveler and understand what's going on on the, the ground where they are. Um, you know, it's very similar, I think, for the the group. And I think we'll be working with some groups later this year. We've worked with uh, a couple of travel groups in the in the past, uh, in kind of the very early days when we were prototyping. Um, and I think that their use case is similar, but how they would buy would be different. And it's just. Um, you know, building those channel relationships and understanding um, how they uh, do their research before they travel, um, whether they have any healthcare services uh, or insurance services that they purchased before travel, uh, and then just getting to that that company. So I think it's a, I mean, travel is a multi-trillion dollar market. It's it's huge, and, and getting a piece of that can be massive. Yeah. So we definitely look at it. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so what what's next for Stabilitas? I mean, we talked a little bit about some possible use cases, but you know, where do you see this uh, where do you see Stabilitas being in the next say 5 years? In the, in the the next 5 years? Sure. We want to be the the core infrastructure for security. And so that means having this this open platform that that first responders use because you just couldn't you could not you, you couldn't avoid it because people are sharing information over it uh, in real time. Um, and, you know, our data is being used to power policy decisions. Uh, right now, you know, we're working to build the, the, the tool set to do that. So we've got the, you know, the, our data pipeline that is delivering value to customers at, at huge global companies right now, uh, as well as executive protection teams that are, that are taking care of uh, people that are traveling all over the world. Uh, and we're saving them time and reacting to an emergency, uh, as well as you know being able to avoid an emergency by understanding their environment better. Um, you know the the next step. So we're working. We're, we're we have uh, some funding from a National Science Foundation grant, which is to to focus on that that R and D uh, around the the the, uh, the data science and our, our machine learning pipeline. So we want to to increasingly make that that more sophisticated as you're trying to get. Uh, accurate output. Uh, we're working with analysts. Yeah, some of them are, are former military. Uh, some of them are coming from intelligence programs that are helping us clean the data and train uh, our machine learning pipeline, which which we call SIGAX, um, which is coming coming from you know the military acronym or jargon around significant activities. Um, and uh, just I love the acronyms we, we come yeah. up with in the military. SIGAX, <laughs> well, GSOC, yeah. VVOS. They're yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of our, uh, a lot of our customers are former military, so they, they pick it up quickly. It's <laughs> like they were speaking the same language. Um, so, so it's good. And it also makes the work you know, meaningful as well, yeah. uh, being able to 
to, to take care of somebody that you know or you have some shared experience with. Definitely. Um, you know, continuing to push the the frontier as far as uh, in industry, like the, um, the the new you know the new core of uh, how people I think um, interpret the, the world is is going to be artificial intelligence. How we bring in this massive amount of information that's around us every day and make it accessible to us, um, and so we want to be the company that's doing that in the the, the security space and in particular the physical security space. Um, and so that is what we will continue to tackle over the, over the short term in a very specific way as far as uh, that, making that data pipeline really hum and uh, really deliver value to, to our customers. So we, we will increase the scope of the information we bring in. We'll bring in more languages and we'll, we'll drive faster performance. Right. This would be also, uh, it seems like, really useful with the situation in Hawaii with a volcano for uh, first responders, like you mentioned earlier, that you're really working so that these solutions can be used by first responders. Is that yeah, correct? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and so everything that's out there right now, it's hard to build something. It's hard to adjust a system uh, to machine learning. Like you have to start with the machine learning core. And that's what, that's what we've done from the beginning. And so we think we're at the right place at the right time to, to really make a difference. Uh, you mentioned Hawaii. I mean, we had, we had customers that, that were there and, and, you know, we, we set up specific alerts for them to, to kind of monitor the situation. And, um, you know, that's like things that you see happening in the news every day, we have customers impacted and, you know, it's, it feels good to, um, work to keep them situationally aware and to, to help them protect their assets for sure. We've been talking to Greg Adams, CEO and founder of Stabilitas, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do another commercial break. Is that okay? Go for it. All right. This time we're gonna talk about a, a fun, sexy, and exciting thing: CPA, right? CPA dudes. That's right. Uh, CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Customers decide the value to them. They don't charge you for sending invoices phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the job done. You can find them at cpadudes.com slash forward slash startup radio. Yeah. And we've been talking to Greg Adams, CEO, founder Howdy. of Stabilitas. And uh, so, Greg, I want to – we have a lot of listeners that maybe they're thinking about what they're going to do with their own businesses, right? They've got their wheels spinning. They're trying to identify a problem and figure out if it makes sense to go forward. What advice would you give a brand new entrepreneur getting into this journey that you wish you would have known and somebody would have told you before you got into this journey? <laughs> well, you, you like to think that you're, you're wise and, and, and forward-looking. I, I think, you know, team, I've mentioned that. Yeah. Team is, is paramount. Uh, but making sure that you're on a mission that, that you're going to care about in five years when, when it's hard. <laughs> and um, make sure that what, what you're doing is, is worth a worthwhile place to put your life. Um, you know, if, you're, if you're running this company for, for five years, 10 years, 20 years, is, that, is this something that's still going to be interesting to you? Is it an industry that, that you care about? Um, is, are the fundamentals of the, the people that you're going to work with that are also in this industry going to be something that inspires you to, to get up and perform for them every day? Um, I think that's my biggest piece of advice. Go, go do something that, that matters to, to you and 
um, you know, that's, that's how you're going to get through the tough times. That's excellent. I agree. Yeah. No, it makes sense to, because you have to love what you, what you're going to do, right? Like you have to absolutely have to fall in love with the problem, uh, and live and breathe it every day. And it almost has to be an obsession more than just a passion in my opinion. Right. Like this is like the problems that we're trying to solve are things that I read about every day, not just in the news headlines, but trying to pick through like policy papers and, and, um, you know, the, the machine learning aspect is also really cool and, and really exciting. Uh, so there's a lot to take in. These the, the world is changing every day. Like I, I can't think of anything that's more exciting to go tackle. Yeah. So you are a TechStars founder, and and again, some of our listeners may be ready to jump into an accelerator. What was your experience? I know I we could banter back and forth about my experience as well. But what was your experience like going through uh, through that accelerator? You know, it was it was uh, it, it gave me some confidence because in in language to speak about um, you know to approach a new industry with. Um, so you know, I'm super thankful to to Taylor, Sean, Charlotte, and, and yourself for for what you are doing. Um, the Patriot Bootcamp and you know the Tech Stars Network were definitely the the you know, stepping off in the, in the tech journey for, for me, uh, giving me ways to communicate what I, what I needed and really people to learn from because um, it, I, I really found that I, I needed that um, coming out of the military. There'd be questions that I didn't just didn't know how to ask them and, mm-hmm. and finding a network of, of people that I could reach out to and get help from and be supportive uh, was, was really important. And I've continued to find those advisors, not always from the, the tech stars network, but I'm, I'm better able to approach them now and, and get, you know, my, my company and this, this vision, the help that it needs to, to come to fruition. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been a mentor driven model. Um, I think, you know, seeing other peers that had tackled, I remember Dave Cass, um, hearing that he had, you know, kids and it started a, a company, you know, that's kind of my question in 2014 uh, when I went to PBC was, was, hey, can I do this with, with you know, children and another child on the way? And, you know, he showed, he'd shown that it was possible. And, you know, that made – it was one, one reason not to like, – I, I couldn't say no. It was like, okay, he committed. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's the thing I love about our community is that we're all pretty pretty willing to help each other out. So it's pretty pretty awesome. So – uh, Greg, Stabilitas, where can people find not only you, but, but your company? Uh, Stabilitas.io. So I, I love, you know, st- start with stability and then, end, <laughs> you know, drop the, drop the wide and add a, an AS, um, you know, the Latin flair, but yeah, Stabilitas.io. So and what's uh, the... there's more information about us there. We've got blog posts on, on, on what we're up to. Yeah. Um, you know that that's one way. Uh, you know we're we're in the app store, but we really don't have a consumer app yet. So you have to you have to be uh, a company that's that's looking to to use us, and we'd open up an account. Nice. Um, that's how we work as of right now. Yeah. Great. What's the and then if you're in for Seattle? If you, if you come, uh, in, input output. Oh, but okay. I guess uh, yeah. it's also yeah. It's just the domain. So uh, it's before AI was cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Everybody had it. We even had a, a dot io as well, and it was sort of like the the trendy thing to do for a while was to buy a dot io domain name. Now it's, 
I don't know. It's kind of whatever, right? It doesn't really matter anymore. See it, you really? Know? Yeah, it matters a lot. I think dot com is, is still still matters. Yeah. Um, you know, IO I think it also just carries a certain connotation that we were looking to to have. Like, hey, we're, we're forward thinking, and and you know, we're uh, a software driven company yeah. in the security space, and, and nobody else is. Yeah, and that's why we did it as well. We we did dot uh, IO because we, it, a lot of tech companies had done it, and uh, kind of just. Put the put put us in front of a lot of other top tier tech companies by having that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it did we failed? So who knows? <laughs> 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 All right, Greg. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you for for taking the the hour to to sit here and and spend time with us. We we uh, I I love any time I get a chance to talk to you. Uh, so so thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. I've really enjoyed it as well, and I want to do one of the demos. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's do it. Cool. I'll be down. There. I'll be down in Portland next Wednesday. Oh, nice. okay. But no, thank you, Josh, Carmen. Thank you both uh, very much, and thanks to everybody who puts on this the show. Um, yeah, I'm really appreciative of again Patriot Bootcamp, uh, the network there, the TechStars network, and for uh, you know your leadership here. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, we help each other. And it, vir- it's good, virtual so, hugs, buddy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so cool. I'm going to yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, All right. Cons. Yeah, you've been listening to the Startup Radio Network, the network that brings inspiration and education to startups and entrepreneurs around the globe. Tune in again next week and every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Listen, learn, and get shit done. See ya. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.